Hello, teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Christina Whitlock here, your anytime piano teacher friend, ready to hang out with you for a few minutes today and chat about something a little off the beaten path today. (laughs) We're going to ask ourselves today if it might be possible to make friends with our inner critic. Hmm. So let's talk about inner critics. (laughs) We all have one, that voice inside of our head that wants to tell us all the reasons why we are not capable of doing what we're doing or why no one is going to want the services that we're offering or why we're not doing enough or I don't know, whatever your voice might tell you. I am certainly not doing anything revolutionary by calling attention to that voice today. (laughs) I mean, we have all heard countless pieces of advice on how to overcome our inner critics, right? (laughs) Self-help coaches have been talking in circles for years about how to ignore that voice, how to silence it, how to talk back to it how to visualize yourself stomping on it or tossing it into an imaginary trash can, (laughs) whatever. I've heard it all. (laughs) I'm sure you have too. And here's the thing. For many of us, probably for all of us, that voice is a liar. It is. It's a liar. (laughs) That negativity that we feel It bubbles up inside of us as a result of a lifetime of fears and insecurities, embarrassments, maybe even traumatic events. But I am here to tell you today that maybe, like just maybe, (laughs) that voice does have something it can teach you. Now, before you throw tomatoes at me, please just hear me out on that. I do not think that you should ever take action on anything that voice is telling you just because it's telling you. It's like, I don't know. Let's say someone comes up to you and they tell you that they believe the earth is flat. So I'm assuming you are not someone who actually believes the earth is flat flat. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I would never suggest that you instantly change your belief just because someone told you it was. I mean, obviously, that's really bad advice. (laughs) But what about this? Instead of simply turning your back on the person who is suggesting that the earth is flat, you know, instead of telling them to shut their mouth or that they're being ridiculous or like pushing them into the street and hoping they get hit by a bus. You know, what if you respond instead by like tilting your head, giving them a little eyebrow raise and saying, why would you ever believe that? And what they have to say might surprise you. And even if you never come to adopt their belief, I mean, it is a pretty absurd idea, right? (laughs) Um, You will come away from your conversation feeling even more assured 
in your original belief, which I consider to be a victory. And you will have also likely found a new way to consider your beliefs from a different perspective. Perhaps you'll even take an important reminder away from that conversation about how questioning things that are presented to us as fact is a worthy endeavor, even if our perspective doesn't ultimately change. It's good to consider these things, right? (laughs) Doesn't that sound better than just shoving someone in front of a bus? (laughs) I do feel the need to say that I know none of us would ever actually shove someone in front of a literal bus, but that was my parallel to those original visualizations I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. You know, things like how we're often advised to just seek and destroy all negative thoughts that could be holding us back from our future potential. (laughs) Moving on. Today, I want to challenge you to think about your own inner critic. And for the record, if you have ever been criticized by an actual outside source, you can add that to this mix as well. Obviously, this is kind of skating on thin ice here, right? I am most definitely not trying to hurl you into a pit of doubt and grief by telling you to pay attention to these thoughts. (laughs) Rather, I'm just asking you to acknowledge that those thoughts are there and that they exist, and then to see if there is anything that you might be able to learn from them. Before we get ourselves too far into this, let's put ourselves into a better mental posture, shall we? (laughs) I want you to stop for a moment and think of three recent victories that you have had while you were teaching. The more recent, the better. I'll go first, just so you can kind of get the ball rolling. (laughs) I will say that this semester... I had started a handful of transfer students, and they were each on the verge of quitting piano altogether. They were very insecure in their reading, and each of them did come from families who just didn't want to give up quite yet. So it has been a really fun journey for me because all four of those students have done like really, really well under my instruction this semester. And I mean, they just smile from ear to ear every lesson because they are proving their inner voice wrong, right? (laughs) They're playing and I mean, even better, they are understanding music that's in front of them that they never thought was going to be possible. So that is my most recent victory I mean, all of my students are doing great, but those four, are they're just really helping me feel particularly victorious in my teaching these days. <laughs> so that's enough about me. What about you? Can you name something about your teaching that has been successful recently? Maybe you have a roster that is overflowing and you are making more money than you ever thought you would. <laughs> that feels really good. <laughs> Maybe you have come into your own when it comes to teaching, I don't know, theory or anything else. 
(laughs) Maybe you set some new boundaries in your studio policy and that's working out really well. But whatever it might be, just take a minute, hit the pause button if you need to here, and truly name a few things that you are really doing well right now. Write them down if you can. I always think that's a good idea. All right, so I am trusting that you have built yourself up by considering the good that you are offering to the world right now. (laughs) So now let's get into dicier territory and let's think about that inner critic. What does yours say to you about your teaching? I mean, I know we live in a like good vibes only society <laughs> that tells us that it's really important to squelch those negative thoughts that are holding us back. And as much as I love the idea of that, I don't think that those negative ideas are ever really going to go away if we don't deal with them rather than like just shoving them into the back of the closet and telling them they don't exist or aren't worth our time. I think they need us to call them out sometimes. So again, what does your negative commentary say to you about your teaching? When you have a parent that is observing a lesson and you find yourself feeling paranoid and extra on display, what fear is bubbling up inside of you there? When you finish your lessons for the night and you just don't feel good about it, what exactly is the nagging concern? If you were sitting in a quiet room and you had to name your recurring fear of being a music teacher, what would it be? Does your voice tell you that you are not educated or qualified enough to be doing this? Does it say you are not a strong enough performer to be doing this? Does it question if you are capable of teaching some of your advancing students? Like, are they surpassing you? Does it tell you that you are running your business wrong? (laughs) Does your voice say that your students aren't measuring up to the other students in the community? Maybe it tells you that you are too focused on one aspect of teaching and not enough on another. Or that your communication style stinks and it needs improvement. (laughs) I don't know. I'm very curious to see what happens if you lean into whatever doubt has surfaced today. So, for instance, let's start with that never-ending question about do I have enough education or enough qualifications or whatever. If you find yourself doubting if you have enough training, very simply, listen to that voice and get some more training. (laughs) This is actually a really easy one for me because I feel so strongly about the importance of ongoing education. I feel like the best teachers in the world are those who stay curious. The internet is ripe with online masterclasses and teacher trainings and podcasts and conference opportunities, and that list just keeps growing. So I know it takes time, and sometimes it takes money, but you are worth it, and your students are worth it. You will all benefit from continuing to learn on this teaching journey. 
And it doesn't mean you have to be pulling new skills into your teaching all the time. But again, this idea of considering what you believe about certain aspects of teaching, even if you decide you disagree, you now have more reason to be grounded in your own teaching philosophies. So I just think it's so good to stay in the loop when you're educating yourself on emerging philosophies and new materials and new ideas and new ideologies. So it's a little soapbox for me, but think about it. Stay curious, my friends. Let's say your inner critic says that you are running your business all wrong. (laughs) Well, maybe you're not, but maybe there is some room for improvement there. I talked I don't know, way back in episode six of this podcast about asking ourselves what we might be wrong about. In that episode, I shared the fact that I adamantly fought changing to a flat tuition model for many years before I actually made the change which is like one of the best changes I've ever made for my studio. (laughs) The fact that I was so against it was probably some kind of intuition that was telling me I really needed to think about it more thoroughly. So if there is an aspect of your business that you keep defending inside your mind, (laughs) well, maybe you should take a few more looks at it and just make sure you are truly at peace there, will ya? (laughs) What about your inner voice telling you that your students aren't measuring up in the community? Well, (laughs) first of all, we all know there is no one way to measure student competency in music. But perhaps that voice can lead you to developing better relationships with your colleagues or investigating more about what they are doing that allows their students to perform in the ways that they do. Even if those factors end up being completely outside your control, the journey of exploring the possibility is worth it. Furthermore, as you let yourself ponder the question of whether or not the other students are outperforming yours, you might stumble upon a very interesting realization that that's not even the case. (laughs) What a lovely revelation that would be (laughs) to realize that your students are truly holding their own or even setting standards for others. Do you see where I'm going with this? I just think that many times our inner critic is present for a reason. There is something there we can learn or some way that we can help affirm what we're doing. Hear me, (laughs) it is not ever going to tell you accurately that you are a hopeless teacher or a terrible musician. (laughs) That is never, ever the truth. (laughs) But if you can lean into some potential worries floating around your brain, you might learn something. Or you might, again, be able to at least say that they are indeed irrational thoughts and you can finally put them out to pasture. (laughs) I have no problem with the notion of kicking negative thoughts to the curb once we've had a chance to hear them out a little bit. With, again, that skeptical raised eyebrow, of course, always. (laughs) 
So with that, I want to leave you today with a toast. Music teacher friends of the world, today I am challenging you to dig a little deep and ask yourself what that inner critic is saying to you. As conscientious teachers who care greatly about the work that we do, I recognize this is a slippery slope. But today, we take courage to listen to the negative thoughts we might otherwise fight to suppress. We are going to hear what they have to say, (laughs) we will offer our rebuttals, and ultimately, we're going to decide if there is anything that we can learn from that conversation, or if it's best just to send those thoughts packing once and for all. (laughs) Cheers to you for doing the deep work, my friends. (laughs) Hear, hear. Big episode today, right? (laughs) Well, that's episode number 47 of the Beyond Measure podcast for you. I want to thank all of you for celebrating my one-year podcast anniversary last week. <laughs> that was so much fun, and I am looking forward to more years of podcasting parties in the future. <laughs> Please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and that you are following me at Beyond Measure Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So, as always, we will go forth committed to working hard resting well, and being nice. So thanks so much, my friends.